This week on Tea with Queen and Jay is the new Netflix series, Black as Fuck, A Brown Paper Bag Test, and Can We Be Colorist While Critiquing Colorism. The film United Skates documents a black history that we forgot we remembered. Social distancing is affecting disabled folks in ways that not enough of us are talking about, and white people, white peopling during the pandemic. It's Tea with Queen and Jay, people. Drink up. What's up? Nothing. What's up with you? Nothing much. Nothing much. I had a uh, self-reflective week, which was annoying. Um, okay. But um, that's annoying for I'm you. Good. It's annoying because it is uh, like it's happening to me. You know what I'm saying? It's not like I'm gonna reflect this week. It's like. I'm in the house and we're reflecting. That's just like what's happening. So. Oh, okay. Like you didn't decide this is what I'm going to do. It's just like. Yeah, happening. no, that's. I mean, that's not something that I ever really decide to do. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it happens and I'm like, oh, okay, this is cool. Or sometimes it's like, all right, well, let me just be still and, and be quiet and self-reflection like happens. Yeah. But I think that this week in the house, it just ended up being about self-reflection and. I mean, I made some, like, new discoveries and shit that I think are important, like breakthroughs or whatever the fuck people call mm-hmm. them. I just don't want them. I want them to stop. <laughs> They're helpful. Don't want to ask for this. Like, it was like, bitch, are you insecure? It was like stuff. I was like, wait, now, wait a minute. Now, wait one goddamn second. This is not where this was supposed to go. Okay? This is not the conversation I'm supposed to be having with myself Yeah. Today. I want to be you. talking about this. <laughs> no, but I'm, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Okay, okay, that's so. cool. I am, I'm doing fine. I don't know, mm-hmm. this is like, I don't know, the pandemic is like good for me. I don't know, I've been mm-hmm. really, really good. What do you, more specifically, like what's what's good? Like what are you Like I'm fine, in? like I feel like I'm able to like focus on things I want to focus on. I feel more mm-hmm. in control of my time, which is important right. to me. Yeah. I am not... I guess because I still have a job, this is allowing me mm-hmm. to save mad money. It's just like, mm-hmm. besides the fact that I can't leave at will, well, I can, right. but you know what I mean. I am a homebody, so I'm not even like stressing about not going out. I just open my windows real wide if I need like fresh ass air. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm like so fine. That's what's up. Yeah. I think it's hitting it's hitting everybody different. I think that it's good that there are people who are thriving and I think that it's okay that there are people who are not and I want us all to be comfortable with like talking about where we're at without like I guess being critical of like where somebody else is at. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, I feel you. Like wherever we're at in the quarantine doesn't have to be like compared against or measured against, you know, where other people are saying that they're yeah, at. Yeah, word, word. All right. Welcome Welcome to to Tea with Queen and Jay. We are two womanist race nerds talking shit over tea, dismantling white supremacist, patriarchal capitalism, one episode at a time. I'm Queen. I'm Jay. And this is Tea with Queen and Jay.
If you would like to follow the conversation being had on this podcast, you can use the hashtag T with QJ on all social media. We will like your tweets. We will retweet them. We will respond to them. All of that good shit. You can use it on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook, wherever you are talking about T with Queen and J. You can also use the hashtag pod in, and that is a now listening hashtag that lets other people using the pod in hashtag know that you are listening to T with Queen and J and they can discover our podcast. Also, you can send us your T-mail at twithqueenandj at gmail.com. Send us your questions, send us your comments, anything from the mundane to the serious, anything that you want to talk to T with Queen and J about. You can send us your T-mail at tbwithqueenandj at gmail.com. Yes, let's get into libations. But first, let me tell you what libations are. So libations are where we pour some for the homies, the people, places and things, the ancestors that give us black ass motherfucking joy is libations. What are you pouring libations for this week? I'm pouring libations for a listener who sent us really great care packages. They were so sweet. We really appreciate them. So libations to Lisa and um, her Instagram is at Black Women Stitch. Thank you so much. It was really nice to like get uh, something in the mail from like a person, (laughs) (laughs) not a bill, (laughs) not something that I ordered, just like a thoughtful thing from a person. Um, And then I forgot that you were sending it. So it was like a nice surprise. Um, Yes, it was really great. We really, really, really appreciate that. Yes, yes. Lisa sent us face masks and lunch bags. And what else was in there? It was like a pen. A sticker. It was a, a lot of yes, cute things all in kinds there. of goodies, all kind of goodies in there. So the lunch bag has my whole entire face on it, which I think is really cute. It says "Not a Lady" on the back. So thank <laughs> you so much, Lisa. Thank we you. We appreciate you. And that was those are adorable and wonderful gifts, yo. Thank yeah. you. This is the part of the show where we talk about how and why you can donate and contribute to Tea with Queen and NJ podcast. We know that these are hard financial times for a lot of people right now as we are quarantining and social distancing and all of that shit. It's always okay to adjust or edit your pledge on Patreon. It's always okay to hold off on donating to us. It's always okay to... Do something non-monetary to support us. Queen, can you tell us about donations? Yes. So why you donate to Tea with Queen and Jay to help sustain this podcast, progress this podcast, and keep the lights on for this motherfucking podcast. podcast. You can donate by going to our website, teawithqueenandjay.com, sliding down on our homepage. And there is where we have two options. Two Our first option is our PayPal option. And that is when you could put however much you want in the pot. However many times you want, there's no commitment there. And then our next option is our Patreon option. And that is where we're asking for $2 a month. $2. You can give more or less. That is up to you. But we are just asking for $2. There are also quick links to that in our show notes if you want to donate. We also have ways that you can donate that won't cost you a damn dime it doesn't cost you money all you have to do is you know just take a little time to do these things so make sure that you are subscribed to this podcast whatever app you are using to listen to this just make sure you hit subscribe follow you know whatever language they use on that app do that that is a great 
way to contribute to Tea with Queen and Jay. Rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, CastBox, Spotify. Give us that heart, that star. Say some great things about us. That is another way that you can support and donate to Tea with Queen and Jay. If you are, if you see them posts where people are asking like, oh, I need a podcast or whatever, tag us in them posts. Let people know about Tea with Queen and Jay. If you are a person who is, I don't know, writing for a publication and feature us in your article and shit like that. Other ways you can donate that don't cost you money is by telling a friend. Just tell two people about Tea with Queen and Jay and, um, you know, you might give us new listeners. And that is an amazing donation as fucking well. That's right. If you would like to sponsor Tea with Queen and Jay podcast, if you'd like to advertise with us, if you'd like to hear your ad on Tea with Queen and Jay, email us at teawithqueenandjay at gmail.com. If you'd like to hire us to speak at your school or organization about white supremacist, patriarchal capitalism, womanism, black feminism, black hair, or some shit you've heard us discuss on the podcast, or if you'd like us to do a virtual live show or consult you or your team, send us your team mail at teawithqueenandjay at gmail.com. If you'd like to support us individually our amazon wishlist links are included in the show notes of course we know amazon is the axis of evil so if you do not fuck with amazon please don't feel pressured to do so if you do order from amazon on your either on your own or through our wishlist links we ask that you recognize all amazon worker blackout dates there are dates when amazon workers have chosen to organize and blackout and they'll usually let folks know on social media or you can google amazon blackout dates or whatever just to make sure that we are standing in solidarity with amazon workers as they stick it to the man Yes. Thank you. So we have donation libations. We got a bunch of new Patreon subscribers. So thank you all so much. We have Salise. Thank you so much. Vicky, Tebria, or Tebria, but I think it's Tebria. Yeah, I think so too. Sochatil, thank you so much. Please let us know if we mispronounced your name. Thank you. We appreciate your donation. John, thank you. And Shannon upped their pledge on Patreon. Thank you so much. We appreciate all all of you. We also had some folks hit us up on the PayPal. Thank you so much, Jenny. We appreciate you. Jessica, Jessica says, thank you for everything that you two do. I may not always agree with your takes, but they always make me think outside of the box. Jessica, you're fucking welcome. Kalia, Kalia hit us on the PayPal and she says, I sent an email months ago to help out a friend because I couldn't do it. But me and that friend are both in a better financial situation. So here you go. Smiley face. Thank you so much, Kalia. We appreciate you. you and your donation. Jessica, we appreciate you and your donation too. And you are still welcome. Yes. Those are our donation libations. All right. So let's get into this damn show. Yeah. So, Jay. Yo. Drinking tea this morning? I am. I'm having uh, my jasmine green tea. Mm-hmm. What are you having? I'm just drinking black tea. It's regular ass black tea. All right. Yeah, I think I'm just going to drink black tea because when I get up, I'm like in a different world and I need something to like shake me up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I be needing that. All right, caffeine. <laughs> 
What are your pronouns? She, her. What are your pronouns? She, her, they, them. And what are you affirming for yourself this week? I affirm that I am a bad bitch. I affirm that I am enough. I affirm that I will be self-employed and financially wealthy without trauma. I also affirm that I am well-rested. My hair and fashions are popping. My body and mind are healthy. healthy. And that I will always and forever stunt on these hoes. I also affirm that I will find a healthy sex buddy that will add to my sexual pleasure. I had taken that out for a while, but I'm adding it back because even though I'm in this pandemic, I can still like find that person. I'm not going to have sex with them at this point. But, you know, I can still Mm -hmm. put that in the air, you know, so I added that back. And at that back, I also affirm that I will have a fruitful and abundant 2020. I also affirm that for everyone who is listening to this podcast. I affirm that for you, Jay, we will still have fruitful 2020s, okay? Yeah, that's right. We will. All right, so what are you affirming for yourself, Jay? I affirm a life full of abundance, health, wealth, and financial stability. I affirm that I am not a lady. Please don't call me that. I am enough. My apartment is paid for. My rent is paid. I am productive. I'm self-employed. I'm paid. Opportunities are fruitful and bountiful without trauma. I affirm an earlier sleep schedule. Mm. I affirm a brand new MacBook Pro with all the shits. Me and my loved ones are healthy. I affirm a new studio and workspace where we can record and work and be comfortable at our convenience Mm -hmm. post-Rona. And I have an active, positive mind. Mm, I love those. Thank you. Affirmations. Love those. Affirmations. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Well, per usual, we have been watching a bunch of shit. Let's do some what we're watching, yo. What we're watching, what we're watching. It's the shows that we're watching when we're sipping tea. Ooh la la la. It's the shit that we're watching with J. Dot and Queen. Ooh la 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 who is black and who watches things on TV and who is on Twitter? So maybe that's that's more niche than being a breathing person. But yeah, I was like, mm. if you're that nigga, then <laughs> you know that Black AF or is the show is it hashtag Black AF? Is that the, is that what the show is called? I is there a hashtag assume in front that. Of it? I assume that, but I'm not 100 percent sure. I feel like okay. it is though. All right, so Black as Fuck is a new show on Netflix by creator, writer Kenya Barris. He is the creator of the Blackish franchise, Blackish, Grownish, Mixedish. Yeah, those are all his shows. He has a long history in Hollywood. Black as Fuck is basically Blackish for Netflix. Blackish was a show that was based on his family, and so Black as Fuck is basically a remix of that. Yes, 2.0 version, a cursing version, a Netflix version, and it actually stars Kenya Barris as himself. The news of this show first came out and the, well, the news of it had been out for a while, but then the casting photo was released. There was a lot of conversation amongst black folks about 
colorism. So before yeah. we had seen the show, before we knew exactly like what it was going to be, we were given this picture of a cast and it was a bunch of motherfuckers and they were all light skinned. Yeah. And so that had a lot of folks talking because Kenya Barris work tends to feature light skinned folks yeah. predominantly. So, Queen, we were talking about this, and you mentioned that you were not going to watch the show. Yeah, I do watch Blackish. I do watch Grownish. It's not like I'm like, no, Kenya Burry shows, mm-hmm. you know, whatever, because I do engage those, and I do enjoy those. But I guess when I saw the the picture of the cast, um, it just made me think, do I need to see another Blackish? Like, it's... Mm-hmm the same thing do i need to see another one i think kenya burris is very dismissive of the conversation of colorism Mm -hmm. which for me is like do you have to be the spoke person for colorism do your shows have to be the barrier breaker for colorism no that's not what i require of him you know do like all of these shows seem to be like renditions of pieces of his life so like that's totally fine and maybe all the people in your life are actually light-skinned but Mm -hmm. it is really annoying for someone to be that dismissive of the conversation and say things that say things like it's divisive to even have the fucking conversation and shit like that mm-hmm. so that mm-hmm. kind of turned me off from him so then it was just like do i need black as fuck in my life i'm like not really i'm not like making this right. huge conscious decision not to watch it this is other mm-hmm. stuff that i'd rather watch right now got it you know what I mean? So um, maybe in a couple of months I may start watching it. Who knows? But it's not a priority for me right now to watch Black as Fuck. And I am watching a lot of things that I enjoy. Um, so why tune into something that I'm not too sure about at the moment? You know what I mean? Right. Right. No, I hear you. So I did. I did watch it. It, it wasn't like high on my list of shit to do. And I don't really I don't always like to watch stuff at the height of the yeah. social media conversation about it. Because I kind of want to come similar. into things. Yeah. With like a clear head. Mm-hmm. What What got me interested in it? No, nothing. I was, self-reflection? <laughs> I thought, yeah, right? More fucking self-reflection. No, after hearing, like, I guess more of the negative feedback about it, I wanted to make sure that I had watched it so that I could form a clear opinion on it. I didn't yes. want to... Uh, my initial feelings from seeing the cast was like, okay, wow, more light-skinnedness? Like, this is... <laughs> this is a lot. There were so many light-skinned people. I was like, I didn't even think... Like, I knew it was going to be about his family, but it was just so many people. I was like, is, <laughs> what, what's, what's happening here? But he does have six kids, which is not, you know, just just the picture. I was like, this is this is just mad light-skinned people. This is a lot. This is a lot. And I think that, like you mentioned, like, I understand if his family is like, if your family is light-skinned, your family is fucking light-skinned. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's yeah. just like, that's just what it is. But I do feel like, each of his programs, there are opportunities to cast people outside of the family. And unfortunately, there's I think there's been a consistent failure to mix it up in terms of complexion when it comes to casting outside of the immediate family. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I watched Black as Fuck. I was pleasantly surprised because I, it kind of was initially like, OK, so we're doing Blackish again. OK, Why? Um, But then when I watched it, I was like, okay, I actually do appreciate a sitcom of a black family 
that is not a television sitcom, right? So where they actually can curse, where he can say, I fucking hate white people, where I think on Blackish, the dad is oftentimes cartoonish, which I think is okay. Like it's not, it's not, he's not cooning. It's not a bad cartoonish. It's just sitcom. It's just for television. Yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? And I feel different. like the, uh, yeah, like mainstream television, network television. And I feel like, uh, Kenya's character on Black as Fuck has so much is he's he is less he's less pleasant he's a curmudgeon he is a miserable person which is a quote from the show but it is is real and I feel mm-hmm. like we know black men like that we know black people like that we all know black curmudgeons and it was actually refreshing for me to see one portrayed on on the screen. And I feel yeah. like a lot of people are comparing it to Larry David and Curb Your Enthusiasm. But I think that's because we haven't really seen like a black curmudgeon on screen. Mm-hmm. And so our, a lot of our reference for somebody who is that kind of guy a curmudgeon kind of like asshole is larry david that's the biggest example i guess across you know across racial lines and shit like that but mm-hmm. it's not a bad comparison but i think it's just an easy it's just an easy comparison because larry david is the ultimate like curmudgeon or whatever but I, it was refreshing for me to see a black curmudgeon because my family is full of them so i like that shit yeah. Outside of that, you know, I was amused by it. But outside of that, in terms of colorism, okay, so it is his family. It is about him. It is about his family. But there are other black people on the show. There's a black woman in the writing room, in his writer's room on the show. Like, mm-hmm. and she is light skinned. There is a one of her daughter's boyfriends has a recurring role. And he is mad light skinned. She's regular light skinned. He's mad light skinned. <laughs> His family, they have a barbecue. There are dark he skinned is people. A paper bag in, tester. He's, he's a, paper a black bag paper. Tester. He's a he's a brown paper bag tester. Yeah, yeah. yeah he is. And I feel like oh, yeah. I feel like people like that often don't know that they are. Yeah, that's what but I But what what's what's really disappointing is that he seems like such a self aware person that to be to be so tone deaf, it's just really lazy. It's just really lazy when people are trying to bring to your attention, yo, your colorism is showing, your brown paper bagging, your fine tooth combing, and like we can all see it and it's not a good look. And it's just really, it's just ridiculous. Yeah, it not is. To, not to give credence to that segment of the colorism conversation because I was listening to a podcast where they had interviewed him. So they asked about the casting of Rashida Jones, who is, I would call her ambiguously black. Um, I would so too. she I would is, too. yeah, yeah. So to a lot of people, she is white presenting. And so they asked about the casting of her character. And he said that he's friends with Rashida Jones, but that also she talked about people not acknowledging her or recognizing her as a black person. He said it was something that they had had conversations about and they thought that it would be. It's a role that she's been wanting to play. She's never really played. He didn't say this, but the the interviewer said that, you know, she's never really played 
a black woman in this way. She's played characters that it's like, okay, they're black, but it's not a part of conversation, you mm-hmm. know? And this character is an overtly She played like a colorblind woman, black. I mean, colorblind black. Right, like, right. Like, if it doesn't yes, come like, up, it doesn't come colors. up kind of thing. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And so, but he was saying that people have, I guess, questioned or challenged her blackness or not acknowledged her as a black woman and so they thought that this would be cool for her to be cast in this role Mm -hmm. but the way that he talked about it was i guess it was some of the challenges that exist as a light-skinned person the challenges that exist as a white presenting or ambiguously black person he was speaking to those in his response and in his answer to whatever the question was which, I, again, I think it was just like, you know, about the casting of Rashida Jones. But I feel like whenever he does talk about colorism, whenever he commits to having that conversation, it is often to the favor and the leaning towards the challenges that light-skinned people face. Yeah. It reminds me of that shitty colorism episode. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Where it we came um, about light skin tears. That was such a weird fucking episode. It was very weird. Blackish did an episode on colorism. We reviewed that episode. I don't know if I would call it a review, but we talked about that episode and how we felt about it. Tea with Queen and Jay, episode 190. Back on episode 190, we kind of broke down how we felt about the colorism episode and why we felt that way and what we saw. A lot of that episode, even though it started off like it was going to talk about Diane being the only dark-skinned person in the house or in her family mm-hmm. and the challenges that she deals with. It started with that and then it ended up with all of the light-skinned tears and never, That's yeah, so just weird. never really rounded out. It just, it was just a, it was just a lot of weird things happening <laughs> in a house full of light-skinned people and it was like they were trying to pose some of them to be certain type of dark that they weren't. It that was they very strange. Yeah. Yeah, it was very strange. Uh, I would suggest you check out episode 190 so you can, can hear our commentary and like hear us speak directly to that episode. And so I understand leaning towards what you know. Like, I, I get that him as a light-skinned person with a light-skinned family, like, I assume both his parents are light-skinned since he keep casting them like that and everything. <laughs> but I guess... I I can understand that what he knows are light skin issues, but it's just really strange. Well, it's not strange. It's colorist and it's privilege and it's light skin privilege. Yeah, because to like, to so to charge ahead and and just act like like he's not playing a role or participating in colorism. Yeah, and then like to completely leave out when having these conversations about blackness that there is access that you have because of your because right. you're a lighter person do you you do have access because of you being a lighter person and you don't acknowledge that it's just like i'm black too and you know and it's, it's like yeah. no there's other parts of this light skin conversation that you can have that you just completely decide not to because you're a right. colorist and because you don't even believe that this thing even fucking exists like you really mm-hmm. think that like he doesn't acknowledge his privilege at all in the situations that he there was so easy for him to even insert that when he talks about work like he literally i'm talking about blackish now he literally right. like works alongside a dark-skinned person who is another dark-skinned black man who was like the joke of the office like it's just like so mm. like just blatant mm-hmm. and 
is he just grazes over it because he doesn't give a fuck. Mm-hmm. Really mm-hmm. annoying. Yeah, he has several opportunities, I think, on this show to cast darker skinned black folks. So I just thought that that was interesting. Right. So if you know and that's the other thing, I think that I think that a lot of us fail at because we are not constantly thinking about our positions of privilege. Like, I feel like there are situations where we should all it's our responsibility to be thinking about the colorism. You know what I'm saying? Like when I get invited to do a panel, if I see that, okay, it's just me and a bunch of other light skinned people or it's us, it's me and a bunch of light skinned women and a dark skinned man or whatever. I'm going to ask like, hey, can we mix this up? And the, the panel doesn't have to be about colorism, but I'm looking and it doesn't have to be about it to end up being about colorism. Anytime mm-hmm. I'm on a panel and it's just me and a bunch of other light skinned people and we're talking about fucking race or gender or fucking comic books or television or whatever the fuck if it's just me and a bunch of light-skinned people it ends up being about colorism that's just what it is that's just Mm -hmm. what happens and so it's our job and our responsibility to make sure that we're using our privilege that we're leveraging our privilege to work against colorism to work against whatever it is whatever our vantage point whatever our privileged positions are it's our job to be doing the work to make yeah. sure that we are helping to like eliminate that shit. So let that, that was my thing. It's just like in the, in the roles that he had available. So this character that's in the writing room with him, the one black woman in the writer's room, like that is a recurring role. It would have been nice to see a dark skinned woman in that. Yeah. Like that to me is like, okay, I have this series full of black light skinned women this this is a role this person is not related to me let's yeah hire mm-hmm. a dark-skinned woman for this that that to me is like a no-brainer as black people that's our responsibility i think there should be a heightened sensitivity to that he has know? to believe it it's actually real though first like he has right. to believe that it's actually a thing and he does not he does not think that that even exists he thinks that mm-hmm. it's something that is blackies <laughs> made up okay like mm-hmm. he does not think that is something that's real and that actually exists and that's why like a couple episodes i go out through him in a pit for it because he does not believe it's real he doesn't think it's real at all he doesn't mm-hmm. think he has privilege he thinks that he's this just disenfranchised light-skinned person amongst black people like you know he acknowledges he's black so i don't doubt any of that shit mm-hmm. but like he has some colorist issues like he hardly has a dark-skinned story you know, like he, there's, there's, there's something there. Cause he just, just, I just, to just totally be that unaware mm-hmm. is just strange to me. Just strange. Like, just really, really fucking strange. He does not care. He does not care. He doesn't care to learn. He doesn't care to grow. Cause he doesn't have to. Who's making him? Yeah. Right. I think that also, all right, so there's a there's a scene where there's a family barbecue and his whole family is there and they're all light-skinned. There are a few dark-skinned folks um, there mixed in. But also, you know when you have a family barbecue, people show up, that's not family. So it could have been dark-skinned folks there. But also, your family, like when it comes to like huge, like family reunion size family and shit like mm-hmm. that, like people yeah. are constantly marrying in and out of your family, Right. So, and I've talked about this ex- an experience at a family reunion before, but like, yeah. if you go to a family reunion and everybody is light-skinned, that includes niggas who's marrying other niggas. 
everybody is light-skinned constantly that's some brown paper bag shit like period yeah. there's no getting around that if your whole entire family is light-skinned and i'm gonna speak for you know black america right now because that's where i'm from and that's what i know or whatever so if you are black american and your whole family is light-skinned like you have a family reunion or you have a family like cookout like a cookout a big cookout and everybody <laughs> is light-skinned that's intentional Yes. That's intentional. That's yes. in, and you might not have an actual physical paper bag that you pull out your pocket. You might not have a fine tooth comb hanging at the at the threshold of your front door. You might not have that physically in real life, but they're yeah. in your fucking mind. They're in your whole family's fucking mind. Because yeah, it makes no sense. Eugenics. That's low key eugenics. Yeah. Like <laughs> it makes no sense. It makes no sense that that just by accident your whole family is light skinned. That's not how yeah. any of this works. That's just at not how it works. The fuck? so i thought that that was interesting in a colorist kind of way but then also because of colorism right which which touches and affects everything that i think has to do with black people black folks and racism and all that colorism is always there colorism is always looming if you look at our celebrities if you look at our black leaders if you look at like just black people of note so in the opening montage of black as fuck there are these flashes of like black leaders. There's Malcolm X, there's Mandela, there's Toni Morrison. There is President Barack Obama. What's that other light-skinned Jamaican? Bob Marley? Colin Powell. Oh. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Colin Powell. There were, in terms of dark skin, so those are all light-skinned yeah, folks yeah. Mm-hmm. that I've mentioned, right? Yeah. Uh, Muhammad Ali. Muhammad Ali was there. Mm-hmm. There, in terms of dark skinned folks, there was Martin Luther King, there was Michelle Obama, uh, mm-hmm. who was there with President Barack Obama, who was light skinned, and Mae Jameson was there, who was the first black woman in space. So I don't recall in that opening montage, right, of mm-hmm. all of the black people of note that were shown, I don't recall there being any more than the three black folks that I mentioned, which. I'm not saying, yes, I think that the the um, whoever put that together could have worked harder to include a variety of complexions in that opening ma- montage of black people of note. Um, but I do think that it also speaks to the fact that a lot of our celebrities of note, celebrities, officials, important black people are light skinned because light skinned folks are the ones who are allowed access Right. Yeah. Light skinned ones, light skinned folks are the ones who are offered entry and access. And the hope is that if you are a light skinned nigga who is offered access and entry and shit like that, that you do, you make the most of it and you use your access to bring other people with you and to break down the barriers that made it so that only a nigga like you could fit, you know? Yeah. And so that mentioning of that is no shade to light skinned black people of note. But I think that. Again, because colorism is in everything, it is everywhere. Like to look at this opening montage of all of these light skinned folks, I don't know. It's just it's just really unfortunate that in 2020, like that's that's not at the top of that's not top of mind of this black creator who has his hand in so many things, you know? Yeah, it's it's not at the top of mind for a lot of people, though. So, like, you, everyone knows I didn't watch the show, but when I saw the conversation on social media coming out of it, the conversation, at least on my feeds, was about 
whether Rashida Jones is black or not. And the conversation mm-hmm. then went further into what is black, who is black, and all of that shit, which to me is can be a very subjective conversation. And I'm not saying right. it's not a valid one, but like, could we talk about something that is like way more like we can actually point a finger to, which is like mm-hmm. not casting dark skinned black women? Like, can we talk about that? That's right. something concrete that we could fucking talk about. But we're so like not thinking about colorism in these ways that are way more about the lack of access that dark skinned people get. We rather debate whether a light skinned or ambiguously black person is even black. We rather talk about that. We rather focus on that. We rather talk about that. And it when mm-hmm. I saw that, I'm like, how is this the conversation coming out of this? <laughs> like yeah. we're still fucking focusing on the light skinned person. While having this conversation about colorism, mm-hmm. like, what the fuck is wrong with everybody? <laughs> How do we get here? What is happening? We really arguing about whether this light-skinned black person or this biracial black person is black when the right. conversation is about colorism and we should be talking about the lack of access that dark-skinned folks have? That's what we should mm-hmm. be talking about. But we're going to talk about whether she's black or not. That's what we're going to focus on. Mm-hmm. Everyone is fucking crazy. these niggas are crazy (laughs) yeah that's what we're going to talk about how is this whole colorism conversation all about light-skinned people how are we Mm -hmm. how are we doing that how are we like people who like consciously have typically have these better conversations about colorism now we're like fucking just focusing on light-skinned people which doesn't make any sense when it comes to like the cute the focus of colorism do light-skinned people are they subject to stuff in colorism? Sure. But like for the right. conversation to center light-skinned black folks in a colorism conversation is some fucking bullshit. And y'all let that happen. Like not even realizing that you just let the conversation shift and let's yeah. just erase dark-skinned, dark-skinned black women again. Like what yeah. the fuck? Yeah. That was the weird that... shit for me. I'm like, y'all is bugging. Let me mm. get back to these cat videos because y'all bugging. Right. I feel like people, because we're so affected by colorism, even when we're talking about colorism, we're being colorists. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Word. Word. <laughs> so we be talking about colorism, censoring light-skinned people. Niggas is out here defending defending and caping for whatever light-skinned woman is is being uh harmed yeah. or challenged or whatever which not listen is nothing wrong with defending other black people regardless of their complexion however we're talking about like like black men in particular who would never defend a dark-skinned black woman in with that same fervor in that same way niggas who don't didn't who specifically created twitter accounts specifically for that purpose you know what i'm saying (laughs) so like you know even when we are talking about right right or even those folks who are supposedly there talking about how how colorist and how light-skinned centric everything is end up centering the light-skinned folks in that conversation because there there is this sick white supremacist obsession with white adjacent people and white adjacent features and the level of access that that provides to black folks who can touch the hem of that garment you know what i'm saying Mm mm-hmm 
So there's that. And then there's also, and we talk about this every time we talk about light-skinnedness-titude, every time we talk about (laughs) colorism, we talk about this, but also people who are talking about colorism and using the word fair. Girl. And and that's something that, that's not to like shit on people who do that. It's a common term and people use it so often that we don't challenge its origins and we don't challenge what what it means. Yeah, yeah. But I really think that if we are going to challenge colorism, we really need to challenge all aspects of it. And that includes the language. And we know that fair is a term that has been traditionally used to represent things that are beautiful. The word fair is associated with goodness, Pureness. beauty, pure, white, which is, which is again, associated with light. And, and when I'm, I'm, so I'm also speaking of light as in like actual, like, like fucking luminance or whatever the fuck, yeah. the sun, mm-hmm. brightness, goodness, godliness, all of that shit. And so when we insert the word fair to talk about complexion, instead of actually talking about using terms like light skinned or whatever, the actual color, if we want to say like light brown or, you know, niggas who want to say beige, say beige, yellow. I don't mind that if yeah. you're actually, mm-hmm. I'm, actually, I'm actually kind of fucking yellow, like whatever. Yeah, um, but when we insert and inject i am those are my undertones <laughs> when we insert and, and inject old school terms like fair which have loaded meanings which also yes. imply beauty or this inherent beauty associated with lightness when we do that in conversations of colorism without pointing out that that is what that language is it i ju- i just think that that a, a piece of that kind of undercuts like whatever our actual point is you know because we're we're trying to dismantle those ideas we're trying to dismantle the idea that light skinness is inherently beautiful because of its proximity to whiteness you know what i'm saying and so yep. Can we do that while perpetuating the language that reinforces that that concept? So yeah, I would I would love for that to not be a thing, you know, for us to like stop using fair altogether. Yeah, um, that's, it makes me cringe when I hear that word. Yeah, but I'm gonna just keep bringing it up every time we talk. Yeah, about I'll be it. bringing it up too. Like what? What? No. Yeah, it's yeah. not. That's not fair. <laughs> <laughs> That ain't it. That ain't it. But yeah, but overall, lay them low and spread them wide. I don't know how this felt <laughs> at the time. <laughs> okay. Overall, I was entertained by the show. Mm-hmm. I will watch it again. I think that it's important that we continue to challenge fucking kenya barris and this because he's gonna keep making shit he has created a bunch of other shit that that um do not center light-skinned folks i don't remember what they are go to his imdb but the stuff that is specifically about him is mad light-skinned and um you know he's too powerful for that to like to still be so obtuse about this yeah like let's stop it yeah he needs like a dark-skinned person to infiltrate his light-skinned conglomerate and have like Mm -hmm. a a friend conversation with him i don't think he's going to be subjective to like randos yelling at him on twitter a lot of times Mm -hmm. that just sounds like noise you know like it's you know Mm -hmm. um he needs Mm -hmm. like to have like a real ass conversation with another man because men only listen to men oh my gosh yeah yeah because he bugging He's really bugging. Mm. I'm I'm here thinking, who would that be? I feel like it would have to be somebody. He don't have those kind of friends. Yeah, that's what I'm, I'm trying to think of. Yeah, who 
I don't know. Maybe Kevin Hart could do it. I don't know. You said Kevin Hart? Yeah, I'm trying to think because he is a wealthy black, flossy, self-absorbed. I'm trying to think of somebody else who he could respect on that on that level. You know what I'm saying? Wealthy Diddy? black and flossy. Diddy would never do it though. You want Diddy to talk about colorism? I said he would never do it. He doesn't even oh. have the range himself. Yeah. <laughs> no. I don't know. I don't know. Because that's what happens though when you, a lot of times, having that light skin partner, having the light skin people is also a class and status symbol. Mm -hmm. It represents Mm -hmm. these other things as well, you know? Mm -hmm. So, not gonna happen. Yikes. All right. Well, I did want to add. Our friends over at The Grapevine did a really good episode this yeah, week they did. It was um, good. on colorism. So I'm going to leave the link to that in the show notes. I thought they did a really good job at talking about a lot of the um, different aspects of this issue. So again, we'll leave the link to that in the show notes. Just to, just skip it. Every time Jimmy speaks, you could just like fast forward that and um, <laughs> listen to what everybody else is saying. It was funny so, to me this episode. Oh, he's always funny. funny. Like, when it's not painful, it's funny, you know? So oh, He was funny to me. But um, everyone's black joy is different. So if you need to skip him, <laughs> you can skip him. <laughs> These are facts, yo. I mean, I can't do Jimmy in quarantine, yo. I can't. I can't. <laughs> not while I'm in quarantine. I could laugh it off maybe when I'm not stuck in my house, but not when I am in quarantine. I was like, not- this nigga eating beans. <laughs> nah. We're not doing this. We're not doing this. Anyway, a few weeks ago, we talked about HBO's free streaming content. They have hundreds of hours of free shit that you can stream, whether or not you have an HBO Go subscription or not. And we talked about United Skates. That is a documentary about the black skating community around the country. Skating rinks all over the country are closing black and otherwise and that's had a large impact on the black community and it's interesting because i grew up skating did you grow up skating as well yeah okay so we yeah we grew up skating but like i forgot because it was taken away from us so long ago i forgot that i was like like that used to be a a normal part of my life like we used to go to skate key on the regular Mm -hmm. that was like a thing that we yep. did. And I can't remember. Well, the last time we skated, last time I skated was when we skated together in Brooklyn. Yeah, that's the last time. Ago. Yep. Yeah. That's not some, this thing that was like a normal part of my life before was not, it just hasn't it. been, it, we don't, it doesn't exist. It doesn't <laughs> exist. It doesn't exist. It. So when you were, when you were a kid, where did you used to skate? Skate key. And then I was like a skating outside ass motherfucker. Like you have skates okay. to go outside, you know, it's the shit mm-hmm. like that. But mm-hmm. skate key is where I went to mm-hmm. skate most of the times that's where like everyone had their fucking birthday party like yes i love the skate key birthday party <laughs> loved it right yeah. yeah no it was it was perfect it was great i wasn't allowed to go to skate key they had like a wednesday night skate and my mom was like that's a weekday <laughs> so <laughs> So I had a bunch of friends that would go every Wednesday and I could never go. I think I went one time. I think I went one time, but I think by then, I don't remember if I was in, I might have, I was probably in high school. But yes, yeah, so I was not allowed to do that shit. But any other time I could be in skates, I would be in skates. I also forgot how 
how much a part of like black culture that was because yeah. growing up in church, the church would take us, sometimes they would take us to skate key. And then other times we would go like elsewhere, like in Westchester and like with white folks. And that was not the same. You know what I'm saying? So like our experience with skating was in- incredibly like culturally black. Like it was black ass skating. We were listening to black ass music. music. It was a black ass experience. Word. Yeah, I remember one time um, my mom took us skating at Chelsea Piers, and we was like, "What is this?" <laughs> <laughs> right, the moves are different, the culture surrounding the is, is different. Yes, the school took us to um, Central Park has skating. The ice skating rink yeah. in Central Park mm-hmm. doubles as roller skating, and the yes. school took us there in junior high once. And I was just like, "This ain't it." I mean, it's cool to be outside. I'm glad we're not in school. But this is not this, not this is not skating, son. This, this is, is not, not like first of all, this floor is concrete, okay? And <laughs> this is not how you skate. But this also like what is everyone doing here? Like what is what are they doing? So yeah, so this was United Skates, I think, is an excellent record of like black history, black yes. skating history. Yeah. And like we don't realize how important it is that people document our history. You know what I'm saying? That people record our history and capture it in film, in literature. Because this is a whole part of my life, part of our lives that I I don't know that I would remember if somebody hadn't brought it up. You know what I'm saying? I don't. Yeah, I don't know if I would remember that, like, we all had a pair of skates. It was normal to have a pair pair of of skates. skates. It was normal to go skating several times a month that was like a normal activity and i just think of like when we talk about you know oh our kids all they want to do is be online or be staring into their phone or whatever there's so many activities that we used to be able to do that they cannot do now you know so like we don't take our kids or our nephews we don't take them skating because there is nowhere to take them anymore so yeah, so I thought I thought that that was really interesting. I appreciated seeing that this was like a national phenomenon and it wasn't just like, oh, we were skating in the Bronx. Like this is like yeah. black folks around the country All with like the their country. own skating style and like it was really it's really a beautiful um record of like our history. Yeah, it is. I do. I did like that. That like every, I guess, city or state that was represented, they all had their own shit. And that stuff mm-hmm. I didn't know, you know. So that was just like really nice to kind of just see these black stories, to kind of see black history and also black present kind of just like unfold in front of my eyes in a very nostalgic way. Because I'm like seeing yeah. shit that I'm like, I remember seeing this shit when I was a kid. And I didn't know mm-hmm. like I was amongst it. I remember being in the skating rink and seeing people do all them tricks and it be teams and like all of this yep. shit. But yep. it was just like, oh, that's just what they do. Like not even realizing that like I am watching this black culture f- phenom like happening right Mm -hmm. in front of my eyes you know what Mm -hmm. i mean Mm -hmm. yeah i fucking loved fucking skating okay (laughs) i fucking loved it like you do tricks i no, i couldn't do tricks because i'm just not generally a coordinated person Mm -hmm. what could i do no, I think one time I could do something and I felt like I was the shit, but I don't even remember <laughs> it. Like, it, it really might have been nothing. It really might just have been, like, not falling down. But um, <laughs> but I could go in a cute circle and it was okay. cute. 
and I have long limbs, and so I was cute. It was all very cute, but I just love like it, the 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 feelings that they described in the film were feelings that I remembered. I was like, yo, mm-hmm. I remember that shit, and there's nothing else that would make me feel that same feeling of like being on a pair of skates and. There's like this element of freedom there. If you if you grew up doing it, you know, if yeah. you, mm-hmm. it was just a memory that I didn't remember that I had because I hadn't been able to skate in so long, you yeah. know? Yep. So yeah, yo. So please watch United Skates. It is really fucking great. I don't know, man. I think collective memory is important. And so anytime you can exercise in remembering some shit that you didn't even know that you fucking remembered... I yeah. Remember, no, I had those memories. I remembered all kind of shit. I remembered people. I was like, yo, I had a whole fucking skating yeah, life. I remember people. I remember doing yes. those like train things where everyone's holding yes. each other. Oh, I love um, the fucking train. I remember like being like mad hype. Like, let's say you're not on the skating floor yet, and then a DJ play that song, and you like, yes. oh shit. <laughs> Let me tell. I don't have my skate on. Wait, where's my skate? Give me my skate. <laughs> or, or you're like still at the fucking locker, and you're like, oh, like you just fucking missed it. no that was yeah that was that was really good it also brought to light like some of the uh skating movements that they're trying to keep alive around the country so Mm -hmm. if you are a black person i guess anybody could skate but like white people y'all have everything so like whatever but like if you are black and you're looking for some extra shit to do find out if there's a skating rink in your area find out if there is a night where they play the fucking music that you want to hear, you know? And, right. like, go skating, yo. Go fucking skating, Skating, son. yeah. And then, like, oh. one one thing that they said that I noticed here in New York that I never I never thought about until I saw this mm-hmm. is that a lot of skating music closing down. New York City, I think there's only one in, like, Staten Island, you know, like, I think Riverbank. I think, but not, not I like, think skating rinks, like we know. Right. Oh, but it must be new. Cause, oh, it's like those outside joints. Like, I'm talking about like the inside oh, okay. skating rinks. Like, we mm-hmm. know as kids and, mm-hmm. you know, in that f- way. Right. And they were saying that a lot of them are closed down and we're going to just be pushed back into when it was, like, segregation where we were, like, skating in our church basements and skating mm. in gymnasiums and shit like that. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. when we went skating, it was in a fucking gymnasium, remember? And I'm like, yeah, yeah. shit, mm-hmm. they're, they're mm-hmm. right. They were being pushed that's being pushed out and we're kind of like being pushed into these other places. So like even if you can't find a skating ring, there may be some kind of like skate place where you mm-hmm. live or people are in a gym, people are in a church, people are somewhere skating, you know, mm-hmm. black people are somewhere skating. So you can right. probably find something like that, too, because we weren't even in a skating ring. We were in a fucking gym. We were. We were a few years ago. Right. We were. Yeah, in a gym in Brooklyn, and it was a good fucking time. Except I do wish that we were in a rink so that there were all the things that a rink has, like like food, a barrier. There was food there too. Oh yeah, Yeah, there was was no barrier. Yeah, Yeah. like a fuck, like because you're in a rink. You know, mm-hmm. I I would have I would have enjoyed the uh, luxury of uh, you know <laughs> banging into that wall, <laughs> banging into that wall. Oh, I love to bang into the wall. I fucking love skating, yo. But it's just it's just awesome to have options of like different shit that you could do. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Yeah. Life is mm-hmm. short and life is long. It's nice to like be able to do shit. Right. All right, so check out United Skates, yo. Check yeah, that out. Check it out. You want to take a break? Yep, let's take a break. Money, 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 money. <laughs> money do you know what this year is 
what every year is all about. Yeah, but like giving black women year. your money. Yes, give okay. black women your money. Hashtag pay black women, okay, yo. Okay, okay. So, so how do they give black women their money? Well, they can start by giving us their money. Oh yes, yes. We do this dope ass women is race nerd podcast every motherfucking every week. week. Sometimes twice um, a week. Yeah, yo. <laughs> and we could use your loving motherfucking donations. Um, we definitely can. Absolutely. So how can you do that? You can go to our website, tvthqueenandj.com. Hit that donate tab. Mm-hmm. And we have two options there. So two! Can, two! You become a patron or you can just donate through PayPal. Yep. You choose. We mm-hmm. give you a choice That's right. on how you give us money. That's right. If you want to donate via Patreon, we're asking all of our listeners to break us off $2 a month. That's $24 a year. And if everybody who listens does that shit, we will have everything that we need to do everything we want to do for this podcast. Everything. And if you love us so much that you want to break us off a one-time donation, a multiple-time donation, or if you don't like the the once-a-month kind of system, you can go to our PayPal and give us any amount of money. We will take that shit. We will love that shit. We will appreciate that we shit. We will use that shit. That's right. So once again, teawithqueenandj.com. Hit the donate tab and choose your donation method of choice. Oh my God, we're going to get money. Again! <laughs> All the time. Yes. And we're black! All the time! All right. Are you ready to pay black women? Always ready. Yes, let's do that. Give me your fucking our pay black women segment is a segment where we highlight black women owned run businesses initiatives you can be a whole ass black woman entrepreneur or you could be somebody who needs lunch money or you can be somebody who is trying to make rent feel free to send us your pay black women submissions in this segment we do extend an invitation to indigenous women. So if you are or know an indigenous woman who is running a business, is an entrepreneur, is running a nonprofit or an initiative, or just again, needs to make rent, please feel free to nominate them or you can nominate yourself. Whatever the case is, you are welcome to participate in our Pay Black Women segment. We know that women, of course, include trans women, cis women, all variety of women we include in our Pay Black Women segment. Here at Tea with Queen and Jay, we also extend an invitation in this segment to non-binary AFAB folks. If you are AFAB non-binary, you are welcome to submit yourself or someone that you know to this segment we are trying to get niggas paid Word. so that's right so send your submissions to t with queen and j at gmail.com cool cool so who are we trying to get paid today all right so this week um and i just want to start off by saying this pro this person's pronouns are they them this person's name on instagram is afronominal and then there's an underscore at the end. Um, I'll include their IG and all that information in the show notes. But Afro-Nominal had to have an emergency tooth extraction, which is fucking whack in the age of corona. Nobody wants to be dealing with that shit. Word. And they say, this is definitely not an ideal time for me financially. So if anyone can help, it would be greatly appreciated. They needed about $600 to cover the rest of their surgery. Um, so their cash app is the cash sign and then afro nominal venmo afro nominal rights at gmail.com and paypal is paypal.me backslash afro nominal and i will again include the information to all of their cash app venmo paypal 
in the show notes. And that's Afronominal spelled A-F-R-O-N-O-M-E-N-A-L. And so that is Afronominal. And we are hoping to get some donations poured into Afronominal's pockets, yo. Word, word, yep. So if you have it, send some money over. If you are white and you haven't paid a black person recently, pay what you owe. And um, yeah, yo, let's get that going. Are you ready to get into some news that's not news? Yes, let's do it. In a world where Don Lemon is considered a respectable news anchor. In a world where people respect Don Lemon. Queen and Jay bring you news that's not news. News that should be news, but it ain't news. Because mainstream media wants to feed you the same three stories about transracialism in three different ways. With a special segment by Don Lemon. So here's news. That's not news. All right. So news that's not news is a segment where we discuss news stories that either have not been covered in the mainstream media or they have been covered, but not in the way that womanist race nerds would cover it. Or it's some shit that we just want to highlight, underscore and emphasize. So what do we have this week for news that's not news? Okay, so this week's news for Not News Story, I actually got it from ABC News. We have the link for the story in the show notes, as we always do. So this is actually something that I didn't really think about, but as soon as I read the headline, I was like, oh shit, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's facing coronavirus while deaf and blind. Everything relies on touch, right? So we all have Mm -hmm. this emphasis on, on what we touch and don't touch this and don't touch that and wear gloves and all of that. But we're leaving out of the conversation that touch is a sense that people who are blind or people who are deaf greatly need. They rely on right. it. They use their hand, you know, a deaf person is using their hands to sign. You know, like all of this stuff. Or even thinking mm-hmm. about everyone's wearing masks now. So if a deaf person uses reading lips to communicate and to understand things, now that's eliminated. You know, like all of right. these things that mm-hmm. I, I just didn't outright think about. But as soon as I read the headline, it is like kind of just all flooded in. Like, oh, shit. You know, like whatever. Yeah. So I'm going to just read some points from the article. So deaf, blind Americans survive by touch. Hand over hand signing to communicate, finger scanning braille, public signs for mobility, hugs and handshakes to feel connected. While not everyone experienced complete darkness and total silence, advocates say touch is critical and now comes with significant risks of contagion. So something that you use to be an an independent person, Mm -hmm. you're now being told not to even use anymore. Or if you do use it, you will, you put yourself at risk for possibly getting COVID. Right. You know, one article is, this is a big problem, said Jorge Artisabal, a deaf blind man living in Seattle. The requirement to say six feet away from other people is actually not safe for me as a blind person. I need to touch my guide. So, you know, that's obvious as to like how that is making that person's life even more difficult amongst this huge change that all of us are experiencing during this pandemic. Some guides known as support service providers are fearful of being touched and being touched back. It can it can mean fewer trips outdoors, inability to take public transportation, and sharply limited access to necessities like groceries and house supplies and things like that. It also makes me think further about just us living in a world and we're all kind of this highly... Well, most of us, <laughs> not all of us, most mm-hmm. of us are in these highly alert states. 
And I don't know how helpful people will be to folks who are blind or deaf in this moment. You know what I mean? Like that person might have to tap you to get your attention. And you're Mm. like, this motherfucker just touched me, you know? So it's, it's, it's a change that I had never thought about because my able body privilege and shit, but just like, Mm -hmm. whoa, you know, how, how the extent of which life has changed for people who touch was the sense that they heavily relied on. Like I have, we Mm -hmm. all heavily rely on touch, but I can like omit myself from that right now Mm -hmm. in this moment in ways that other folks can't. It's just a lot to think about and take in, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's scary, Mm -hmm. and what do we do about that besides, I guess, make sure that we're offering support to the blind and deaf folks that we know? Mm -hmm. Like checking in on them, seeing if they need shit? Yeah, yeah. It's just a lot. um, yeah, that is a lot. Something that I I did hear about, which is not really, I guess, related to touch as much, but because so many of us are now doing a lot of like Zoom meetings and calls and shit like that, like someone mentioned, like if you're on a Zoom call with a bunch of people, people forget to announce themselves because if you're on Zoom and everybody else can see each other, then I yeah. guess it's assumed that you know who's talking. So I guess a, a reminder to like announce yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't know like how clearly people can see you or who can see you necessarily or who is is has different vision capabilities and shit like that. Exactly. But yeah, it's just like we're so those with privilege, whatever your privilege is, able-bodiedness, light-skinnedness, like whatever your shit is, it's just like we're so often not considering the things that like people who are different than us are dealing with. Mhm. I I wanted to read this quote of another person mentioned in the article. Tyler Samuel, 28, of Nashville, who was born with a genetic condition that degraded her hearing and sight, says she fights off a sense of loneliness every day. She says, in my youth, I just really worry that I wouldn't find that independence. And when you do find it, you don't want to lose it, Samuel says. And so for it to be chipped away, it kind of lowers your self-esteem. So Mm -hmm. now we have to think about the mental state of these folks because now you have you you got to a point when you found your independence and you know how to navigate the world in this way with Mm. touch and people are saying don't do that shit yeah so like it just made me think about yes like we have we've all have these changes i don't know i just never thought about that implication of like touch Mm -hmm. now being this huge sensitive right subject now for people and it's like it it removes the independence for a huge population of people. Yeah, yeah. There was that, and I was listening to another podcast where they were talking about folks with other types of disabilities, with other physical disabilities that require the use of alcohol and gloves and, like, all of the things that, like, Mm -hmm. so many other people who are not um, disabled or who do not need these things in bulk have hoarded in bulk, and now... The people who need them can't find like I think I was listening to um somebody who requires they require um like a machine where mm-hmm. you need to to insert and like take out your machine like you need to make sure that you have cleaned the area with alcohol that you are you know what I'm saying like yeah mm-hmm. all these things that able-bodied people have hoarded that disabled folks need you yeah. know and that 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 I will say in all the news 
briefings and shit and reports on this and, and things that we've been hearing about COVID and coronavirus and just all the updates, very rarely have I heard any conversation about disabled folks. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I haven't, no, I don't think I really have. Like I do see articles and I, I know it's based on the, the timelines that I've curated mm-hmm. on my social media. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, not when I like, it's just, I usually tap into like, I listen to Cuomo every once in a while, stuff like that. Right. They don't right. mention no no the elderly is discussed there's been you know again in our in my curated timelines conversations of race have been discussed but like in terms of like disabled folks who are living every day with this as well the same way that everybody else is like their needs have not have not been discussed like even in mass like every disabled population has you know their own shit like there are things that blind folks deal with that deaf folks do not deal with and blah blah Mm -hmm. blah but even on like a larger scale like disabled folks as a whole like it just feels like that that there's been very little discussion in the mainstream about their needs and you know what we can do to support that community so yeah If you are a disabled person or if you are someone who has tips or resources for disabled folks or ideas or if there's something that you think that we should read or tap into to gain more knowledge on this and and share it with folks, let us know. Reach out to us, tpnj at gmail.com so we can amplify what you share with us. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Thanks for that, Queen. No problem. Are you ready to throw a motherfucker in the pit, yo? Hell yeah. Jesus Christ. I don't know. That's just Jesus right. Christ. Jesus Christ. Okay. Everybody strap in. I'm about to open some fucking windows. The new triple X has got to be more dangerous, deadlier, more attitude. Who the fuck is this asshole? Say what again? Say what again? I dare you. I double dare you, motherfucker. Say what one more goddamn time. The pit is where we throw the people, places, and things that are taking away or trying to reduce our level of black ass, black joy. They're trying to reduce it. They're trying to fuck with it. And we're not having it, yo. We're not with that shit, yo. So, Queen, who are you throwing? And spreading wide. (laughs) Who are you throwing in the pit this week? So, I am throwing in the pit Houston. Houston, Texas, city council member Michael Kubash. So mm-hmm. I'll give you some context, backstory, so you understand why I'm throwing this motherfucker in a pit. So a Harris County judge ordered restaurants to remain closed. So you know how people are trying to open up outside again, open back, open back up outside and shit like that, which is like very premature. And please don't go outside if your city opens up or whatever. Yeah, and do that's, not, do not go outside. if you can, because now you might be forced to go to work now and all this right. dumb shit um, because... Mm-hmm this world is shitty but you know what just real quick if you're somebody who's forced to go to work uh we understand that you have to go outside for for those of you who are not forced to go to work like it's the responsibility of people who have the privilege to stay home to stay out of everybody else's way stay out of their way do not make people sick like if you do not have to be outside do not make do not be outside it just it just puts more burden on people who on essential workers and those who are being forced to return to work right yep. now mm-hmm. it just puts more puts them at risk it's just just you know use your privilege to stay at home if you are a nigga who can stay at home 
Word. So um, with that happening, uh, Harris County judge ordered restaurants to remain closed, but they can still like do takeout and, you know, stuff mm-hmm. like that. So in protest, a lot of restaurants in Houston have opted not to stay closed and like have patrons or whatever. So one mm-hmm. restaurant in particular and protests, it's so funny because this name to me sounds racist as fuck, but the restaurant is called Federal American Grill. Hmm. <laughs> Ain't that a strange name? yeah yeah but a lot of white people really buy into like fucking military shit government shit like all of that restaurant name that what 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 do you say what do you serve yeah they really like america as a decorative choice is like a thing for a lot of white people like if you don't see it as something that's a constant threat to your daily life and your existence then it's like, ooh, let's decorate with, you know, this uh, Americana, um, federal government. Yeah. What? That don't even sound like an employee in place to go. If I put in restaurants in my search thing and that came up, I'm not, why would, what would make me want to go there? Yeah. <laughs> like, ooh, I'm good. I'm good mm-hmm. on that shit. Yeah. So they open their doors to let people sit in the restaurant and eat and protest because we need to make sure the economy is running or whatever the fuck, whatever mm-hmm. bullshit that they use to rationalize this shit, right? So Michael Kubosh, Michael Kabosh, I'm going to say his name is Kabosh. Michael is Kabosh. He's a white? Yeah, he's a white. Mm-hmm. He comes to the restaurant as well and protests. Like, yeah, I'm standing by them oh. with this shit or whatever. That's not even the icing on the cake. So he gets interviewed by a news outlet asking him about, like, why he decided to come as well and eat at the restaurant and all of this stuff. Um, you know, it's a violation of the stay-at-home order. Like, you're kind of breaking the law right now. Like, you know, whatever. This motherfucker answers by saying, and I remind you, he's already in the wrong so many ways, right? This motherfucker says... Sometimes civil disobedience is required to move things forward. And so that is why we remember Rosa Parks. Mm. You okay? Not the same. Ass. We say continuously keep black women's names out your fucking mouth. How dare you use Rosa Parks to fucking use as a name that validates your foolishness? Fuck out of here. Not the same thing at all. Like, at all. Like, at all. Like, on no planet, does that even, does that make sense? They really want to be oppressed. So bad. They really want to feel oppressed, which is why it's important for them to invoke the names of black leaders who fought against, like, actual oppression. It's just really disrespectful. It's like an overt mockery. Of actual like civil disobedience, of actual protest to oppression, of actual of the experiences of people who deal with actual oppression. There is a stay at home order because there is a pandemic. Pandemic means this is a worldwide issue, right? Mm -hmm. This has Mm -hmm. nothing to do with your little singular white ass. Nothing. It's nothing to do with you. Stop making shit about you. It has nothing to do with you. It's a fucking pandemic. And we're telling you to stay home so that this shit doesn't get worse and so that we can get below the curve and so that people can fucking live. And you think that going to a restaurant is a, first of all, is even a protest because all of y'all motherfuckers who are protesting in any way are making a mockery of protests any fucking way. Mm-hmm. 
number one. Right. And then you bring up Rosa Parks for this shit? Are you fucking mm-hmm. serious? Like, you're bugging. Like, what the hell? How do you even correlate these two things? Those things are completely different. This person was do, made a conscious decision to fucking stay seated on a bus because she was being oppressed as a black person in the South. Like, literal but rights. You know what else? It also speaks to how little they think of, like, our action, of our movements, of our rights, and kind of like the flippant way that they respond to our personhood as black people, right? Mm-hmm. Dr. King, Rosa Parks, like these are people who were like protesting and fighting for our right to exist without harm, without violence, our right to live, our right to to thrive yeah. as, as people, you know, our our humanity and shit. Black folks taking a stand or protesting or speaking up for ourselves or whatever, it's always seen as us doing too much, being out of pocket, like screaming about nothing. And so I think that it's very intentional when they invoke the names of our leaders or those who have fought for black humanity. It's very intentional when they invoke their names because I feel like they know that what they're doing is frivolous. They know that what they're doing is not that serious and not that important. And it's the same way that they see what Dr. King has done. And and I'm I'm naming Dr. King Rosa Parks because, right, these these are the names that they routinely invoke. Yeah. So they know that what they're doing is frivolous and they're invoking the names of folks who they believe that the work that these people did was also frivolous, like was equally frivolous. Like they don't take anything that our people have done seriously. For sure. It's just, it's just... You could have picked anyone's name, though. You know, like, mm-hmm. there are many points in history where someone is defiant. And even though I think nothing, what you're doing is frivolous and makes no sense to me at all. And it's not some fucking protest for, you know, or, or stand against civil disobedience or anything like that. But you got white motherfuckers whose names you could have picked out of the hat. But because you don't give a fuck about black people and you don't think we're, we even matter. Mm-hmm. That you could you could just be careless and just say Rosa Parks. There's a, a multitude of white motherfuckers in your fucking white ass history that you could have fucking pulled out the fucking hat mm-hmm. to use as a stance for this. But no one cares about black folks. So no one is going to be as enraged about you comparing this to Rosa Parks in a way that it should be. Like if you use some kind of white fucking civil disobedience hero. I can't think of anyone right now. It probably would have been like a whoa, whoa, whoa there. <laughs> right. You know? Mm hmm. Shit is fucking annoying. Leave Rosa alone, okay? Yeah. She did not sit down for this. No. No, she didn't. This whole thing with folks protesting, it really highlights the, uh, I guess, the individual thinking of, like, white folks. Yeah. It's all about them. Like, it's it's literally a pandemic. Pan means the whole planet. Like, the whole world. Mm -hmm. Whole world. Pandemic, motherfuckers. Yeah. This is not something that someone arbitrarily was just like, you know what? Let's fuck with the civil liberties mm-hmm. of Americans. Nobody said that. It's a fucking pandemic. Mm-hmm. Get the fuck over yourselves, yo. Shit is fucking whack. Like, what is wrong with y'all? A lot. On a separate note, did you see that video of that party in Chicago with all them kids in the basement or that house? Yeah. Yeah. One person had on a mask. Uh, uh, I, there were a few people there were a few people I in saw masks. one black girl with a mask I was like girl go home 
Yeah. <laughs> there were hundreds of people in that house at this party in Chicago, and somebody, uh, I want to say, made the mistake of recording it and putting it on Facebook, but everybody in the comments of her page, they seemed to have wished they were there. I mean, I don't... I was confused by the whole thing. Yeah, I don't know. It was just so many people there. It just has me confused about, like, what the messaging has been like in Chicago, you know? Or, like, I don't know. Is it an age thing? They all look to be, like, college age. Yeah, I'm saying. That's why I I don't know. I feel like, (laughs) and maybe I'm being ages, but Gen Zers are going to kill us. (laughs) 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 They was the ones on spring break. (laughs) They was the ones. (laughs) Like they're the college age. I know, but I feel like they're gonna kill us. Like that's the point where I'm at right now. Like so many times where I'm like in a group chat talking to like my Gen Z or nephew, like, could you stay your ass in the house? Like my other nephew's like who might have a nephew who doesn't really go out like that. Now he wants to go out everywhere. My sister's like, no, sit your ass down. Yeah. They they're gonna kill us. Yeah, that was really that was really uh really fucking disturbing yeah that, that was, was really wild disturbing. that was wild so. there was a party that was shut down in Carnarcy, brooklyn by the police um it was in a barbershop but it got shut down the police arrested everybody or whatever which is like okay they shouldn't have been doing that but i do see other instances in new york in particular where there are large groups of people and no and white people in particular so like Yo, in central park when it is or like sunny fucking outside brooklyn um yeah yes. like every mad people outside and no one is like and yes. they're not six feet apart or doing any of that nope. shit and no one nope. does anything white to people s- disperse are gathering that. in mass when yes. it is sunny outside in new york but we are under strict guidelines to fucking yes. social distance and shit mm-hmm. like all the stores have like you have to stay apart everybody's built the plexiglass only a certain number of people can be in a store at a store time, at a time. Yep. niggas are supposed to be at home White people are gathering in fucking mass, okay? Yes. Let it be a little bit sunny outside. These people are outside. They're Everyone's gathering together. They're going out. to the park. Yeah, together in close Te- proximity. Yes, yes. So don't think, don't think, yeah, we saw a party of like hundreds of people at a party in Chicago floating and around. At least they were inside trying to like hide. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know what I mean? White Not people are just outside of that. They but just outside of the park, just like this. We yeah. just do what we want. <laughs> right, right. Don't, yeah, don't be fooled, yo. White people. I was on a call with some friends the other day, and somebody was talking about, you know, how black folks are not taking this seriously. And a lot of us only know black folks and only live around black folks. Yes. And so that's what a lot of people see. Yeah. But these white people out here are fucking wilding, okay? They, They're yeah, fucking they wilding. wilding. They're in the park. They're going to see things that they always wanted to see in groups, in mass. In groups. They're gathering. I took Hennessy for a walk the other day, and there is a bar near me that is doing um, Venmo and selling like uh, Capri Sun type drinks. So uh-huh. you know I want one, but I'm not going over there. But um, <laughs> <laughs> I saw all these white people in different pockets and different groups at different benches, uh, not separated, but... Um, drinking and i knew they were meeting up for drinks these are not people who live together okay i can see it i was like you niggas are meeting up for drinks on these benches okay you're meeting up you made a plan to do this so after Mm. seeing a few of these capri suns because you know i love an alcoholic capri sun Mm -hmm. i finally asked someone from a safe distance of 12 feet away hey 
Where are y'all getting those? What is that? So they told me the bar where they were getting them. I'm never going to go there, but I did want to know. Um, <laughs> but people was outside. If it's a little bit nice, white people are going to be outside frolicking together. Okay? And it's, it it's not... It don't even got to be a little bit nice. Yeah, you're right. It don't even got to be a little right. bit nice. You're right. You know, they be jogging and when it's two degrees. Yep. In shorts. Everybody got to <laughs> stop it, though. Everybody what? has to stop it. So. Okay. I don't know. You gotta don't relax. Know. And you know relax. what? I think also, I think there's a, like a little element of like complacency. Like if you or somebody you fuck with hasn't got it or died or whatever, and you just like, I feel like as we go along in this, there are people who instead of taking it more seriously are being more laxed with it. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? It's like, yeah. oh, well, I didn't die. So like we must, it must be okay. It's not that bad. It's not that serious. Da, 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 That's da, the da. thing but, like, that, that blows mine is like, mm-hmm. I don't even want to be that sick. You know what I mean? Like, yes. okay, maybe my probability yeah. is 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 more in my favor of surviving COVID. I don't mm-hmm. ever want to have to be that sick ever. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't mm-hmm. want to have to like. That's a lot. When I'm reading people's accounts of experiencing this virus, mm-hmm. I don't even think I have. I don't even think I want to be a survivor. <laughs> you know what I right. mean? Like yeah. of that. Yeah. Like it just sounds so intense and a lot. And yes, you may survive the virus, but there's going to be long-lasting effects. Like mm-hmm. I don't want to go through that. So yeah. even that, when people are like thinking that they're in a probable, the probable space of not being someone who dies from it, mm-hmm. I don't even want to be subjected to that amount of my body fighting to stay working mm-hmm. you know like i i it, it's scary that shit scares me no it's very scary a lot of us don't even go to the doctor so like while a lot of us think that we are healthy or at you know like low exactly. risk or whatever yes. like we yes. don't know exactly what yeah. the fuck i told my yeah. doctor the, the time i did go because i really am not good with that i do mm-hmm. try to go once a year but Yo, this is supposed really... to be my year to be better at that and then the pandemic happened right <laughs> dude i had all kinds of doctor's yep. appointments that i had yep. to cancel right before this popped off like yep, i can't even go now i don't even know what my health care is talking about right now <laughs> Oh my gosh. But like, yeah, the the last time I was there, I mentioned that sometimes when I breathe, I feel like I I hear or feel a little bit of congestion. It's not all the time. Mm -hmm. And my doctor was like, it could just be like an allergy thing. You know, take take some allergy meds and like see what's good. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe mm-hmm. that's not what the fuck it is. I don't know. Who the know. fuck knows? Who the fuck knows? But I don't want to find out when I fucking get COVID that I have some type of chronic shit that is causing complications or whatever it's just like while i feel like there are a lot of us who can survive it or maybe survived it and we didn't even know that we had it or whatever the fuck like just Mm -hmm. why take the risk yo why why like just do your best not to get it a lot of us despite like our efforts our best efforts are gonna get it like anyway like i i i I don't know if I said this before, but I, I live in a really small apartment, so there's no option for me to like keep all of my outside things at the front door because the front door is my fucking kitchen. Like I'm in the house. It's it. I'm here, you mm-hmm. know? And so yeah. it just seems really difficult to be as stringent 
with like what you're supposed to do to try and keep covid out your fucking house but what i am trying to do is not get it for as long as i fucking ha- can you know what exactly. i'm saying like if i get it it's not gonna be because i didn't try not to get it and this time that i'm buying myself right now like i'm taking my vitamins um you know what i'm saying yeah, like exactly. it's, it's exactly. just like do your best to do what you can and control what you can control and it's just a lot of people who like are not doing that like i i mean i hope none of those children that were at that party dies from fucking covid but the stats or, are, are not or in their fucking favor. kills a family member that part you know like yeah. it's just a lot mm-hmm. it's just it's mm-hmm. just a lot and then it's like yes the probability like a lot of us will probably get the virus i would prefer to have mine when they know more about the virus <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> like mm-hmm. you know, when they have, have when they have more knowledge, and because it changes every day, you know. Mm-hmm. Can I when I when I do come in contact with it, can it be in a space where they like have they know more and they have more knowledge mm-hmm. and they know mm-hmm. exactly what to do and not do? Right. You know, sheesh, right. sheesh. Right, right, right. Oh boy. Well, I think we did a fucking show. We did a fucking show, yes. We did a fucking show. Let's see. I don't know. After COVID, I be wanting to talk about positive things, yo. What is something positive that either happened to you last week or that's going to happen to you next week? Oh, well, I am in a Virgo heaven. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, gosh. I'm in Virgo heaven because I do like solitude i do like being alone so i'm like kind of like in a really good space um and i'm also in organization mode which is just Mm -hmm. like another way for virgos to orgasm Mm -hmm. so i organized my closet and i brought other kind of like organizing type things to like organize my kitchen Mm -hmm. um organize my workspace i'm just like in very organized mode it also helps me it's kind of like a way that it's it's like my blunt so like there's so much outside that i cannot control and what i can't control is my space so Mm -hmm. i've taken like i'm like that's what i'm doing to give me joy to make me feel good this is something that makes me feel good so i'm just like organizing stuff decorating like doing stuff like that to just since i'm gonna be in this fucking space just concentrate on what this space looks like how this space makes me feel mm-hmm. and all of that shit so that has been you know my joy for the week mm-hmm. yeah it makes me feel really good that's what's up i saw i saw your um your closet and oh. uh, it's adorable yes yes i, I got rid of so much shit. stuff too i'm a purger so it was just good like, yes. got rid of so much shit which makes me feel That's good. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. What about you, Jay? So, like I said, I've been really doing a lot of self-reflection by accident. And <laughs> it has been uncomfortable, but it's been good. Like I said, I was in here like, bitch, are you insecure? Like, I don't even know how that came up or came about. And it's not, mm-hmm. I don't really, I don't consider myself to be an insecure person. I think there mm-hmm. are times in my life when my anxiety breeds a lot of insecurity or when i remember that i'm insecure about certain things because of my anxiety 
Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not outside of insecurities that I might have about like how I look in certain instances or like my body here and there or whatever, like outside of physical stuff. I know that there are physical stuff. There's physical things that sometimes I'm insecure about, but I rarely think of myself as an insecure person. Mm-hmm. And I think that I think I have been triggered recently. I think my breakup from my partner triggered a whole shitload of insecurities, like about yeah. everything. And yeah, it's just not something that I ever really sit with and like deal with. You know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? So even though it was uncomfortable to be like, yo, are you an insecure bitch? Like, what the fuck? Um, (laughs) That was like, I guess kind of startling. But I Mm -hmm. have been kind of immersing myself in everything that makes me feel insecure. You know what I'm saying? So like if I'm comparing myself to other people, then I just drown myself in like, all of that shit. Just kind of leaning into it instead of running away from the things that I feel insecure about. So like, okay, mm-hmm. what? why am I feeling insecure about this? Why am I comparing myself to this person? Why am I comparing myself to this thing? Just, just all of that shit. So it's been uncomfortable, but I think also rewarding, I guess. Like mm-hmm. I really, I, I liked being able to pinpoint like what the fuck was happening with me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so that felt like progress. So I'm looking forward to less self-reflection i would like it to stop but i am um i know that there will be an end to this level of self-reflection at some point but but i'm also glad to be uncovering shit you Mm -hmm. know Mm -hmm. and actively proactively engaging with some of those shenanigans so that's been cool oh and i ordered some plants to put in my shower because i want to shower in the rainforest so (laughs) It's only two plants, but I feel like in my tiny ass apartment, it'll feel like I'm in a rainforest. So hey, it works. There's that. Yeah, I'm excited about it. All right, so we did a motherfucking show. Be sure to follow us on all the social medias. We are on Twitter and Instagram at T with QJ. We are on Tumblr and Facebook, T with Queen and J. You can send us your T mail at T with Queen and J at gmail.com. And as always, be sure to check out our website where you can see what we're up to, leave donations and all that other shit. You can listen to the podcast there. You can check out show notes there. And that's T with Queen and J dot com you can follow our personal social media i am at the queen speaks underscore and you are i who? am at janicia f uh the last f is for savings no it makes no <laughs> sense that is me what hashtag are you fucking with this week um uh, i don't have one so we could say yours okay that's cool i am fucking with the united skates hashtag i was on that hashtag and there john legend is one of the producers executive producers of that movie and he was doing a, a united skates challenge back when the movie premiered and there are people posting their own like skate styles and shit so Mm -hmm. it's cool to see people skating around the country yeah i was like yo niggas still skate i love this so yeah so the united skates hashtag and since we were talking about folks with disabilities the hashtag disability to white which aims to highlight the fact that disability and disabled folks are not only white people and so when we talk about folks with disabilities we should not be centering white folks and all black lives matter and black people are disabled too word this podcast was created hosted and produced by a black girl named janicia and a black girl naima with editorial support from a black girl named sam tea with queen and jay we turn up responsibly i'm trying to figure out why my nigga not texting me back he said he's trying to get his mind together for the quarantine 
But you been on quarantine. Because you ain't got no car. At this point, I just want to live in this nigga's skin so bad so I can see what the fuck he be doing when he not with me. Like, I don't want to belong to the streets no more. Because it's not even no streets no more. He probably on to me because I said we was going to link after the quarantine. Okay, so what I'm lying. It sound good. So just text back. I really just want one boyfriend, but if God want me to have three, then 12 it is. I'm not putting up with this. I already got a lot of shit on my plate. People keep asking me, am I okay? No. Bitch, I want to sit at a restaurant. I want to get my hair done. I want to get my nails done. But I keep seeing fresh box braids and full sets popping up on my timeline. Like, no, I'm not okay. Doing drugs in the house is getting boring now. I want to go somewhere on drugs outside. P.S. Corona, we tired. We get it, sis. Let us out. God, I want to be a real bird like the ones in the trees.